0: Everyone, welcome to another episode. We got a fabulous guest on today, Mr. Logan Freeman. Interesting enough, I had Logan on. He's one of my first guests, Cameron. Like top ten episodes, I, it's it's funny to see what this guy's accomplished. Kind of, it's literally been thirty six months as he shared today. He's started, you know, his private equity company, growing over twenty employees. Uh, and I love just kind of the beginning part where we talked about, you know, the habits and rhythms that's helped him really focus and grow as a, you know, as a CEO. What were some of your big takeaways?
1: I just love his discipline. I think it's evident that a lot of his success in his business, and his life, you know, faith and family are due to just common everyday disciplines that a lot of people don't practice that they wish they did. I mean, goals without a plan is a wish list, as I've heard it before. And that man does not have a wish list. He has a goals list with associated plans that he executes on. So it's just encouraging to get that refreshment of, hey, make a plan, like let's get after some goals and just stop hoping they come true someday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and then also, you know, if you stay till the end, we really got into kind of how Logan thinks about being a Christian and a CEO and mm-hmm. the way he's he's leveraging his business his business as a kingdom asset. And so I think this episode kind of wherever you find yourself today as an early CEO, maybe as a veteran CEO, you know, you're just putting a real estate portfolio or maybe it's beginning to grow. This is all the way through, I think there are lessons in this for kind of everyone across their journey because i mean logan has done that and so uh, guys let's get into this without further ado uh, mr logan freeman kingdom real estate investors if you have not gone to oneconnectionaway.com then you don't know that we have been promoting and just finished a live 90-minute webinar where I shared the exact strategies and secrets that have helped me go from college pastor to full-time real estate investor and purchase more than $100 million of multifamily real estate. But not only me, I also shared the secrets and strategies of those inside of our Kingdom REI Mastermind that have helped them become CEOs to attain financial freedom, to actually leverage a business for Kingdom advancement we've gotten incredible incredible reviews and so we're going to do an encore coming up very soon that i want to invite you to attend if you have not already attended this go to oneconnectionaway.com that's oneconnectionaway.com to grab your seat for our next live webinar so that you can learn exactly what we have to quit your job and begin to live life on your own terms through commercial real estate oneconnectionaway.com let's get into the episode welcome back everyone to the kingdom rei podcast the podcast man i love this show cameron because we get the opportunity to really serve spotlight uh kingdom mining entrepreneurs especially those who are uh, in real estate and uh another fabulous guest so first off cameron how are you brother I
1: am doing very good, and I second everything you just said. I feel like we're the lucky ones. We get the front row seat. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, as interesting enough, if we go way back to the history books of the Kingdom RI podcast, actually the show is called Kingdom Capitalist, until we got hit with a trademark. That's a whole other podcast show. <laughs> actually, I did an episode on that. You can go back and find that. Until we change the name of Kingdom R.I.I. If you go back to episode number Seven. Seven if and if you think about this, I remember the time and I started this I was so naive and I was just hungry to to meet other kingdom minded entrepreneurs. I didn't even know if that existed because I came from a ministry world, not a business world and this guest today was literally episode number seven, and at that point I'm not gonna lie and and I'm not gonna lie. I would have taken any guest because I just <laughs> didn't know many people. however, on that day, I got incredibly incredibly lucky to meet our guest today mr logan freeman mr kansas city he's called uh and so so grateful to have this brother on again today for i don't know episode 100 or 200 something so welcome man how are you logan
2: doing fantastic feeling energized and ready to really have a great conversation around this topic which you know is not talked about enough and is near and dear to my heart and and my mission so very excited to be here and uh to be back, man. Lucky number seven. I, I think that's fantastic, man. Uh, maybe I'll come back. <laughs> I'd actually go back you know. and
0: look at. I'm like, what number was he? Yeah, uh, maybe I'll come back for seven. for
2: episode seven hundred and seventy seven. The way that you're growing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I think we'll have another host by the time we uh, get to that <laughs> uh, that number. But um, guys, before we do, let me uh, let me just pray for us. Pause and pray, Logan, and uh, ask God to bless this show as He always does, and we'll jump in. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your new mercies today and that uh, because of your son, Jesus, we can come to you in faith uh, and ask for blessing and ask for forgiveness. And so I pray for just blessing today from this show uh, that you would use Logan's testimony, his story, uh, just even the way you're using him there in Kansas City as an encouragement, as a testimony for us all to look to and say, we can use business and real estate for kingdom advancement, that you called us into ministry with you, so we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: So, what has changed, man, since episode seven? Uh, let's talk about what you're up to in Kansas City and what's happening there, man.
2: Well, first and foremost, I think that. Uh, I have become a father of two children, and uh, potentially I had one when we first when we first chatted. But I have a three year old daughter and a, a two year old son. And um, in, in regards to mission and uh, just life in general, you know, growing into a father has been. Uh, an incredible experience and journey and one that has created new challenges i will say just in regards to patience and you know seeing that uh, they follow you in every way possible they want to be like you and you know, jesus talks a lot about children you know you know you need to be more like children in in the gospel and seeing that firsthand watching them grow up and learn and be sponges has just been a A really, uh, really blessing um, to to myself and and to my wife, Taylor. And so um, that's first and foremost, I would say. Um, The second is, you know, we- That's pretty big, man. That's pretty big. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, if I have it my way, we'll, and if it's God's way, we'll hopefully continue to to bring more uh, Christ-like children right. into the, into the world very soon. The good so, Catholic
0: way, man, you know, that's right. 10 or 12, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a
2: long ways to go. All my buddies, yeah. you know, that are older than me, like six, seven, eight, nine kids. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what is, <laughs> how do you do that? So right. anyways, I mean, one of our good, good buddies um, here in Kansas city has got four himself. So, you know, anyways, that's uh it's doable and uh, I'm excited for that. You, you know, I think that, The last two years have really shown me what the importance of having a rooted foundation in your faith really means. And I will tell you that, you know, over the last 24 to 30 months, I know there's been a lot of unrest and a lot of people have been in in tough situations and scenarios, but I've been at peace. I've been at peace personally, just in regards to letting go of of trying to control um, all of the outcomes. And I think COVID-19, the pandemic, all of these different things outside of our control really have shown us that the folks that have their, their lives rooted in the foundation of faith, you know, they they were more at peace during that period of time, and so really used that time to focus on uh, myself, my relationship with Jesus, and my uh, my health. You know, I look probably a little different than I did uh, thirty six months ago as well. I've been really focused on uh, making sure not just my physical health is is well, but my my mental health because adding two children to our family, growing a business to the to the extent that we have. Uh, right now, is, is created a lot of, of, of what I'll say time that, you know, wasn't allocated, um, you know, right beforehand. And so you, know, you really have to understand that when you go through these changes, making time for yourself, focusing on your faith, your family, your fitness and your future in that order is extremely, extremely important. And so I've had to do that. I've had to reprioritize my life and um, growing from just a producer in the real estate space to a business owner and a leader has also been um, kind of the trajectory that I have been on because we have 20 employees now. We're in four different states and um, we have a real business that have people show up to this office every single day. And and so growing into a leader that that can, can really direct people in the right way and help them grow just like I do as a father with my children is is kind of my main focus right now
0: Logan let me ask you just let me touch on some real quick let's talk about because I've heard you talk about some of the past I think this will be actually really helpful for folks to hear in terms of just your your routine your morning routine I mean a business three uh two kids two or three excuse me two kids how many two kids coming three's coming I'm just prophesying over <laughs> you brother uh three kids coming and then um tell our audience a little bit about kind of how you're you know discipline in terms of what you're, you know, how you prioritize and plan your day and week would be really helpful.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that it's all about buckets and um, what I will tell you about this that I've learned the most over the last two years is there is no work life balance. It's always a counterbalance. And, Um, It's really important to understand that in your personal life, you have to stay in balance a lot more than you do maybe in your professional life. And so I always say I can go long in my professional life, meaning if we have projects that are um, kicking off, then everything else really doesn't matter other than just getting those projects launched and then and, and making them successful. So I can go long in those. But you know, if you you know don't spend time with your wife or don't communicate with your husband or whatever it is for a long period of time, it's really hard to balance back out into where you want to go. And so I took that kind of mental model from Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, and uh, really tried to look at my own life and say, okay, You know, I'm not going to be in balance in work because we, the nature of our business is very cyclical. It's very project oriented and it takes a lot at the beginning and then, um, you know, kind of, you know, dwindles down as you continue along those projects. But what was happening was I was doing that really well, but I was kind of taking the same mentality in regards to my family. And so not being able to turn that off whenever I become no longer a business owner and a father and a husband uh, when I went home was kind of my challenge because of growing a business, you know, that you're never really off. And so making sure I put boundaries in place. And so, you know, making it hard for myself to find my phone or my iPad or something like that that I utilize on a regular basis. So, you know, got a decent sized house, I, I put it, my phone all the way up in my room, and uh, I have to walk upstairs across the whole hallway and go pick it up. So making it a conscious effort, right? The other thing is waking up early, you know, I, all of 2021 and probably 2020 woke up between 3.30 and four o'clock every single day to get my morning routine. Well, what happened was, you know, my physical health really took a, a Hit from that, I was never really recovering, um, you know, because I was not sleeping enough. So I really went deep into sleep. And um, how much sleep do I need? How do I get in the right cycles? When do I need to go to bed? When you know, if I do stay up till nine thirty or ten the night before, then I need to sleep um, until you know five in the morning the next day. So just things like that, understanding my own. You know, physiology and my body was really important to manage energy because that is the number one thing in this business is what kind of energy can you bring every single day? If you're low energy, you're sick all the time, it's going to be really hard to be a good high performance athlete or a business owner. And I look at uh, business really like uh, athletics. Um, that's just that's just how my mind kind of works. And so for me, I, my, my morning routine has changed a lot. And um, I've really started to focus on getting my workouts in the morning. There's no way I'm working out in the afternoon or in the evening. It's just not going to happen. I'm drained. I don't have time to do that then. So, you know, I still wake up between four and five every single day and making sure that I'm getting in the gospel. I'm sitting there, I'm meditating. So I use Headspace app and a few other apps that really help me uh, find peace. I I do uh, a lot of uh, breathing techniques, believe it or not. I'm on a lot of these speaking engagements. I am on the phone quite a bit during the day. And so I need to figure out how to breathe better you know so i'm tracking my heart rate variability what's my stress level throughout the day how do i bring that back down um and so you know uh, activating the parasympathetic nervous system instead of just being in the sympathetic nervous system all the time is really important so what does that mean for my schedule well i need to find more time for me in the midday to do a meditation you know i meditated right before we got on this this podcast because i was in financial models on Excel right here on this other screen right before we are jumping into something completely different and quantitative so making sure that I release that time and uh figure out how to find that headspace to really be present is is extremely important I'm really Guys, if being you're on-
0: hearing Logan real quick and you're like what the heck is this guy is in it's why he also played in the NFL by the way I mean this is the the this, like this is what it takes though and I think if anyone's like man this guy is on a roll and that's why I'm sorry to interrupt you Logan but I think it's important to say like. You're also going to hear in a minute how this guy literally, last time we talked, FTW, I don't even think existed, Logan, and now you have wow. over 20 employees. This is, I just want to remind you, listen, guys, listen, everyone, because this is what it takes. I personally think to become a high performer in in the business sector is to really treat all these areas in your life. So really good. And I don't know if there's anything you want to finish up on there, um, but I I, I, thought, I think that's excellent.
2: Yeah, the only other thing is, you know, I've had a lot of different systems in regards to tracking goals and measurables. And if you read Atomic Habits, which is one of my favorite books, you know, those routines are now my habits. I don't even call them routines anymore. They're just a part of who I am. And so I was tracking them every single day, putting the check mark, and I was getting no benefit of that. So what I do now is we run our business and our personal lives off of uh, a book called Traction and uh, using, using the EOS system. And, um, you know, I have that all in Excel spreadsheets. And so I do a whole lot less of physical journaling and tracking using those journals that I've talked about in the past, just because that's me now. And, um, you know, I'm doing those things on a regular basis. And so I, I have quarterly check-ins with myself. I have monthly check-ins with myself and accountability groups that hold me accountable to certain things. But, you know, it took five, year, five, six years of journaling to make sure that I was going to keep those routines. And so I, I do think that if you're not doing that right now, starting with a journal that's pretty structured is a very good way to be able to track your habits and uh, figure out how to make those internalized instead of just something that you do on a regular basis. Because now it just comes to me naturally. I
0: was going to ask you, do you keep a journal? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. You guys are so disciplined. I don't keep a journal. That's great. I,
1: uh, <laughs> I was just saying it. I like how you said a while ago, Logan, the order, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said faith, family, fitness, and future. That's right. And you said in that particular order, Mm -hmm. I like how you said that because the tail end of that future is realized by the three things in front of it. And there's like a future you, like there is a future you that is being molded by the things you do today. So what's, you know, I'm asking the audience, what's in your hierarchy? What's your one, Mm -hmm. two, and three for Logan, it's faith, family, fitness. And that's determining his future. And so he's putting a lot of effort in there. So I, I have no doubt that your future is just going to be bright brother, but I appreciate you saying in that order, I think that's important for people to understand is you got to get the order right.
2: 100%. I will just say that that was uh, from a mentor of mine early on in my transition from athletics to business. He you said, you know, a stool usually has four legs. So I want you to pick four things that are most important to you. And we're going to put them in a certain order. And you need to use this as a, you know, decision filtering criteria for everything that you do. And if you take care of the first three, number four is always going to take care of itself. So you hit it on the head right there, Cameron. Amen.
0: So let's talk about FTW, man. Tell, tell us what that is. And then, I mean, like I said, a lot's happened in 36 months, probably when we first had our conversation and met. Yeah. Talk about what you guys are up to there in the Kansas City market and your focus as a a company.
2: Yeah, well, we're a private equity business that owns and operates commercial real estate, and I will tell the audience here that You know, we're one of very few firms, I think, that have specialties outside of just kind of one niche like multifamily. And the way that this happened was, you know, being a broker myself, helping so many different, you know, clients that don't work or live, sorry, they don't live here in Kansas City or the Midwest, uh, find the right property. For their goals uh, was just a, something that that came naturally to me, and the other two principles here as well have been um, you know involved with with assets way outside of multifamily, and so you know back in 2019 we were really strong and, and had a thesis around neighborhood retail shopping centers, and guess what happened? COVID 19 shutdowns, lockdowns, can't go to the retail shopping centers anymore unless you're you know an essential business, and so just had to pivot the investment thesis into what we thought was a good one, which was residential and. And housing. And, you know, thankfully at that time, when everybody else was, you know, going left, we were looking right. There was a lot of people sitting on the sidelines, and we went and and made a big splash into multifamily at that time. Turns out, you know, that was the right move. And a lot of folks have kind of piggybacked on that. And and I'm not saying I am the only group that have has done that, but there was some groups that were active in that space because they they saw the fundamentals and and felt very strongly about them. Uh, But now, that seems to have shifted a little bit where that is kind of the bandwagon approach now. And a lot of people are funneling into that asset class. And so what do we do as a company? Well, we have to take all the different changing market dynamics and say, OK, where does our thesis now lie and where do we see kind of the value as, as the opportunity here? And so that's now in different asset classes and in different kind of stages of projects. So even looking into um, doing development projects, very uh, specific development projects, shopping centers, mobile home communities, doing Doing things like that and so you know just trying to be cognizant of what's happening what's available and thankfully i kind of have a unique approach and perspective on this because i'm on a lot of different sides so i'm an owner operator myself I own a brokerage in Missouri and Kansas, and we help represent out-of-state clients. And I'm very in tune with what's happened across the country with other sponsorship groups. And so I get to take all three of those perspectives and kind of create our own thesis around where we see the opportunity, which kind of allows us to stay maybe one or two steps ahead of maybe our competition. And um, that allows us to to really go find um, undervalued assets, which is what we do as value investors.
0: Yeah, I think like you really prioritize kind of the Midwest as – as your territory, right, and so having a specialty or a focus in in a certain, you know, if it's not
2: a niche, then at least an area, I think you guys have done a really good job of kind of saying this is who we are. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that we're going to be Midwest investors for for quite some time. One, we, we all live here, but, you know, two, there is, you know, um, there was uh, less competition. There, there still is, but it, the money has definitely uh, flowed in from the gateway markets into uh, more Midwest, but it always won't be like that, right? And so, you know, I, I'm of the, the notion that I really need to understand uh, the demographics and psychographics of the residents, the businesses, and where the competitive edge is. And if I'm not operating in that space, it's really hard for me to know, you know, the five different developers that are doing projects along main street here and, and know to buy this 40,000 square foot office building, because everything along here, when the streetcar is going to stop right out front, rental rates are going to go, you know, up 35, 40% because it happened, you know, a mile down the road already. So
0: Logan, I want to talk about just as a kingdom entrepreneur and building a company, just, you know, you talked about, you, you've joined a group recently to even kind of help yeah. you think and build a framework around this. I mean, this is the, the point of the show is to really continue to spotlight and show that we can use business and real estate investing as I mean, God's inviting us uh, to use that actually as part of part of his kingdom plan. And so let's start there. I mean, how do you see business as part of uh, God's plan of, of, of building and growing, and advancing his kingdom?
2: Yeah. Well, first off, I think that, you know, we need to make the distinction that what you do is not necessarily who you are. It's how you do it. And, you know, I think that's the first big realization that that hit me as a business owner. And, you know, when you think about spending your time, right? I mean, I've got two kids in daycare right now. My wife's at home working, um, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours out of the day. I'm not with them, right? And so I'm with people that I'm doing business with. And as a kingdom-minded business owner, you know, you think about the people that you spend a lot of time with and the impact that you have in the community that you're operating in, that's where the two things kind of really converged for me was I need to first act as much as, as like, as, or strive to be like Jesus that I possibly can. And so that, that, that is with how I deal with people that is with forgiveness, that is with all of the different pieces of the puzzle. And I always go back to kind of the cardinal and, you know, theological virtues of, of us Catholics, which is, you know, hope, you know, uh, faith, hope, and love, and then prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. And so I'm thinking about how to lead that way. And everybody that comes into contact, whether that be one of the 2000 residents that live in our apartment complexes or the businesses that are renting, you know, space from us to to run their businesses how can you how can you live that out on a regular basis then it becomes okay well how are your employees looking at you and what are they seeing you doing on a regular basis as well and so you know i think that um, first off you have to you have to try to live that out every single day but secondly you know it's always it's always good to show by example and so you know recently um, joined a, a CEO's group that's, that's here based in Kansas City, which is a faith-based uh, group, which was really important to me to kind of learn how these business owners that are, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 times larger than what I'm doing are really doing this on a regular basis. And we recently had a meeting and, um, you know, one of the things that, that was on the wallpaper of this brand new office building that this guy built, uh, he's in the insurance in, industry, is God. I mean, it's right there on the wallpaper for everybody to come and see. And so you better believe that whenever you walk into that company, that people know what that person's, that company's values are. They have Bible studies on a regular basis. You don't have to come, but they're not mandatory, but it's there, right? Um, they're, they're picking people up when an employee hits a rough patch or somebody, you know, maybe one of their spouses dies or something like that. They're there. They're there supporting those folks. And um, so I've already picked up a few things from these kind of uh, seasoned business owners that have been able to implement this on a regular basis. But for me, you know, we're not that large right now. So it's really just about, you know, making sure that I wear this on my sleeve on a regular basis. I never shy away from it, you know, you know being able to talk about your faith and, and religion in and the workplace is a protected situation. It is very protected in the constitution of the United States. And so we should not feel like we cannot talk about our beliefs. And, and so that's, that's been really important for me to spend time with these uh, business owners that are doing these different things to kind of helping spread the message in their, in their own businesses that we can start to implement myself and, and think about how to do on the best way possible.
1: I love that, man. I mean, I, I think that people are seen for how they take care of themselves, but you know, remembered and, and celebrated for how they take care of others. You just can't not feel the impact of somebody taking care of other people. And so like that guy you're talking about, just incredible. Hey, it's here. Uh, it's who we are. You don't have to come, but you're welcome and, right. and, and accepted. And even if you don't come to the Bible study, if you hit a hard time, we're going to take care of you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's impactful as it was and is for you. And, you know, it just makes you kind of hungry, to implement that in your own life in some fraction, some portion or another. Um, And so whenever you guys are setting up, you now have 20 employees, you are responsible for more than just yourself. People can see how you're taking care of yourself, but like, how do you want to be seen as taking care of other people?
2: Exactly, man. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, I think the other thing that, you know, as a business owner now, you know, setting up. You know, charitable contribution committees in your business to say, okay which, which communities, which, which nonprofits can we support, right? So like we're having a, we're going to put on a golf tournament later this year and all of the proceeds are going to go to a charitable foundation that we really respect and think that they're doing kingdom work out there in the community on a regular basis and hopefully be able to, to, you know, hand them over a really large check. That's really going to have impact in the people that they house and then the, and the services that they, they provide these folks. So that that's another way to, to really, you know, use a business to be able to, to, to think about how to to create legacy in that in that respect i mean the ultimate goal for ftw and uh, transition process for us is to be able to have a portion of our real estate holdings really go to one of these charitable foundations on a regular basis and uh, be able to house people for free for them, that they will be able to be able to come to our our, our communities and know that they have our own, I'll, I'll just say our own voucher program for certain uh, for certain people. And being able to do that, you know, like the Delancey Foundation does in San Francisco uh, for people who, who are getting out of prison and things like that is, is a way that I really feel like you can impact folks and you know just trying to align ourselves with those different communities because it takes a tribe it takes a it takes a lot of people to to have this kind of impact in in the communities but if you start early as you're continuing to grow you know it's a lot harder to start giving and doing these things whenever you know you you haven't done it and you grow to 100 million dollars but when you're half that or a third of that or a fourth of that and you're already doing that it's just a part of your business And so we want our employees to know that if they have a a group that they want to support that they that they feel very strongly about to bring to us and let's see, you know, not just with our money, but with our time, you know, and, and with our other connections in the city, how can we really support that uh, that mission? And that's exciting for, for me. And, and, and I'm glad that uh, the principals here are on board with that. And we've implemented some of those things already.
1: Yeah. I love the parable of the talent. God didn't give them the talents and say, wait until you multiply until you're generous. This concept and idea of like to whom much is entrusted, much will be given. That's right. And I, you know, I can feel the temptation a lot. I know other people probably can too. It's like, you know, I'll be more generous in in proportion whenever I have more to be generous with. And I look at the lady who just took all her perfume. That was so much money and just dumped it on Jesus. Yep. It's like, well, you know, that's a big slap in the face to my philosophy of waiting until I have more.
2: <laughs> so here's everything I have. It's yep. yours.
1: Right. Yeah, it's like what you've given me. You want me to steward well? You want me to be wildly generous with? And if that's all you ever give me, great. But help me just be faithful and wildly generous with what I do have now. Yeah.
0: Logan, uh, last question for me is I've noticed you know, I've been to your office. I see you're building a team. There's this kind of wave of like work from home, and everyone going remote and virtual you know, you've kind of done the opposite. And, yeah. uh, and I'm just curious, like, is that a culture thing? Do you see that as a ministry, like is your vision, like do you, it, it to build a big team, T- tell me why you've kind of invested in office space and have people in house kind of your, your, your thought there and kind of why you've gone, gone that way.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think first off is, you know, we're here in the Midwest and, and maybe have a little bit different views on, on certain things. I mean, I've dealt with COVID twice now through through my family, and it's not fun and it's it's hard to do and, and it's scary. And I understand all of those things. But you know, for, for us, I mean, collaboration is extremely important. I mean, we we had a, our book club yesterday with our whole company, and you know, one of the coolest things was as one of our newest hires. You know, we said, hey, you know, how did you feel when you got you got hired and you got started? And he, he mentioned that it, it felt like a big family. And so, I mean, it's hard to. Hard, hard to you know have a big family whenever everything is is virtual and you're not seeing people on a regular basis and so you know we are flexible in regards to being able to work from home if you need to and certain things like that family always comes first in all of our we have a lot of people that have a lot of young children that work with us and so we understand and all three principals have young children so we understand that family needs to come first but you know I think that it was uh, it was an ask I mean we had we had about a week or a week and a half where we didn't have an office. And we felt the rumblings, like, I do not want to not be at the office with you guys. I, I want to be there. You know, a lot of things that happen are distilled out of my brain, Parker's brain, and Corey's brain. And Slack and Zoom and phone calls and texts is really hard to just kind of capture all of that thing. The other piece is the energy, man. I mean, we have gongs all over this all over this uh, office, whenever we close a deal and we raise capital, when we have something that that happens, that's a, a good call out. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, all these different pieces of the puzzle that are, are really hard to implement. And we're not that large of a company. And so being able to do that and have that big family feel kind of reminds me of, of why I invested so much in my my personal residence, because I believe in, in I'm of the notion that know, it's the domestic church. And for me to have a safe space for my children, for my wife, for me to really feel like we're growing in our faith and our family is extremely important. This is just an extension of that. You know, if you're going to come work with FTW investments, you're going to be working with the principals right, right alongside. And it's, 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 it's going to be firsthand type of situation. And it's just an extension of, of the, of the church for me to be able to bring those people along uh, with us. And so that's kind of our philosophy on that. We've also found it to be uh, just more productive when we're here. I mean, we are in the people business. And so we're managing physical assets that have people that need to come and, and talk about what's going on. Not all of our employees are super tech savvy and want to just be on the phone or slack all the time. And so, you know, being able to come here and, and chat through certain things and certain circumstances has actually been more productive for us than um, trying to do the the virtual workforce. So that's that's just uh, the way. And, and this building is full. I mean, there's forty thousand square feet of other businesses doing the same thing here. And so I think that there's a niche of. Of businesses that are interested in being collaborative and going to the office. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's important for people uh, to really get the, the whole theme and culture right. Whenever you're, you're, you know, a smaller business, I think it's really, really important because we're not just sitting behind computer screens doing, you know, code or, or, or answering phones all the time. It's, Hey, let's get together. Let's chalk chat through this. Let's whiteboard this thing out. Let's game this situation out and let's go, let's go execute. And so feeding off that energy and culture is really important for us.
0: Yeah, that's key. I actually, lied. I got one more question. Kansas City, you know, Super Bowl predictions. I mean, we just, you know, they just traded Tyreek Hill and I'm very disappointed in this, in this trade, by the way, I, I took this personally. I'm just curious, do you think, you know, they're going to be able to recover from losing such a great, a great asset like Tyreek?
2: Yeah, Tyreek's a, a one in a, a decade kind of, um, you know, athlete, but at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, it's it's about what are you getting to give this up? One, we weren't able to pay him the the m- money that he's probably deserving of, or he could warrant out there in the marketplace. And so, you know, just like owning a, you know, 2000s multifamily product in, in uh, Dallas, Texas right now is really good to go sell. Tyreek knew that he was worth a lot to go do that and could probably get more somewhere else. Now, I will say that, yes, I think that he will take uh, attention away from himself, obviously, but other people there might be more attention on. But I think that Andy Reid has taken a really good approach of developing young talent. I mean, who, who knew Tyreek Hill? before he, you know, became what he was at the Chiefs. I mean, I think he was at a junior college or, or something like that, and he's one of the, the best athletes in the NFL. And so getting those uh, picks – for, from the draft and letting them develop under Andy Reid is, is going to be incredible and I also think that the talent that's coming out of uh, out of the college level now is so much more ready for the NFL than it ever has been and that's a really unique thing too because you know it, it, if you think about previous decades you really needed those years to kind of develop well with uh, the food and the supplements and the training that college athletes get now I mean they're ready and so being able to step in day one we've seen this on on all these different quarterbacks and different skill positions to be able to step up and play and so you know I I think it's going to it's going to be sad not watching Tyreek in a Chiefs jersey for sure but uh, we still have you know Travis Kelsey we still have Patrick Mahomes and we most importantly we still have Andy Reid who's at the helm which I think is extremely important to develop these players
0: it's a very very good Kansas City answer uh so I appreciate that Cameron anything else man you want to get out of Logan before we let him go today (laughs)
1: No, nah, I just got to echo like I'm a big KC fan only because I'm a Red Raider. That's where my boy Pat played. Oh, I was there my last two years uh, at Tech was his first two. And so it was just cool to see his progression throughout his collegiate into NFL superstardom career. And um, so I'm with you guys all the way, brother.
2: Awesome, man. Well, hopefully we'll be able to pull it back out again. And, and either way, they're a lot of fun to go watch and- and, um, you know, football is in a good space right now. Lots of good talent out there to watch and lots of good competition. Amen. Uh, Logan, you're just a, a great voice for this space, brother, a great leader. Um, wh- where
0: can go, where do folks, where do you want to kind of point folks to to make sure that they don't miss anything that Logan Freeman FTW is up to?
2: <clears throat> well, I'd like to, i like to end, I'll, I'll do that in a second, but I want to end with one of my favorite Bible verses. This is from First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Remember, as you're building a business and as you're going through life, that no trial has come to you but what is human. God is faithful and will not let you be tried beyond your strength. But with the trial, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. And I saved that on my phone. So I look at that multiple times per day, because it feels like there's a lot of trials, a lot of things going on in life, but it's really, it's really important to make sure that you have that word and that God given word in your, in your life on a regular basis. If you want to find more about what we're doing, I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn. Like you mentioned, Mr. Kansas city, Logan Freeman, I post daily over there, um, getting some really great, uh, you know, engagement going on on LinkedIn. I just love it. And uh, our website is FTWinvestmentsllc.com. Ellis, Cameron, it's always a pleasure to be here. And I appreciate sharing the mic with you guys today.
0: Likewise. Always, man. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, like always, you know, we don't ask, we don't charge. Only thing we ask you to do is share. Share it, baby. Take a screenshot of this episode. Like Logan just said, if he's getting good uh, activity on LinkedIn, it behooves you. Take a screenshot of this episode to tag logan freeman and myself and to say how much you enjoyed this show i promise you that the feedback back to your page you will benefit from that so make sure you go do that leave us a uh leave us a a five-star review and we'll look forward to seeing you next week cheers everybody hey real estate investors i hope this show has given you permission to go out into the world and crush it in the name of jesus If you want to learn more about our community and locking arms and joining forces with other like-minded investors like yourself, go to thekingdomrei.com to learn more about our mastermind and send an application. We'll see you next week.